Hello and welcome to the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast, where I and my guests share tips to help inspire you to build a great personal brand to increase your visibility and authority. Uh, I am your host, Claire Bond, and on today's episode, I am joined by Kathleen Melvin. Kathleen is a messaging expert whose insight has been featured via TEDx, Thrive Global, Fempreneur Online, Captivate and Convert, She Built This, and other outlets. With a degree in theater performance and an over a decade as an actor, director, writer, editor, and educator, Kathleen draws on her diverse experiences to help mission-driven entrepreneurs, uh, experts, sorry, design and deliver their world-changing messages through TEDx coaching, done-for-you copywriting services. Thank you so much for being here, Kathleen. Wow, that was a mouthful. That was a <laughs> lot. Like, you did great. Whoa. Thank you. <laughs> so, Wow. So there's a lot, there's, I mean, there's a lot of messaging in that. So that was very, uh, yeah, wordsmithed. So you talk about thought leadership. And one thing that I want to talk about is that you have a background in theater. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm also a former actress, done a lot of commercials and, and modeling and things like that. So it's actually interesting. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm, um, actually started out in New York and now I'm in LA, but, um, no longer doing that, but yes, it was definitely in the two hubs of, of that uh, sort of activity. Um, and I personally have found my acting experience to be wild, you know, hugely impactful to, to being able to do this. Incredibly. Um, yes. I always was in front of the camera. So to me being in front of the camera is like not a big deal. Like mm -hmm. how do you make that transition and why do you think it was such a great thing to have in your wheelhouse, that acting experience? So for me, it, it's a couple things. One, I really strongly believe that studying acting, especially as a young person, studying acting is the best way to build your empathy muscle and become mm. an empathetic human. And I think that, that empathy is so important in the work that I do with messaging through the, the copywriting lens, it's all about figuring out what the motivations of the clients are that I'm writing the sales pages or emails or um, website copy to influence. Mm -hmm. And even getting into the voices of my clients, I spend so many years of my life literally stepping into other people's shoes and being mm -hmm. given a little book that had all of their words in it that needed to come out of my mouth and sound really natural. And mm -hmm. so being able to take that training and that experience that I had as an actor, as a child and as a professional, both of those were really valuable and bring that to the table now is one of the things that my my clients comment on is how, mm -hmm. how easily it seems that I slip into their voices and can really magnify that, can shine the lens on that and make sure that when I'm writing for them, it doesn't feel like they've hired a writer. It just yeah. feels like they're, they're doing it themselves. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that I did not study acting in, 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 uh, as a child at all. Um, 100% <laughs> not something I ever wanted to, to do as a, as a child. <laughs> My mom forced me to do it. And I was like, uh, the, the thought of audition no, was thank you. terrifying. I was so scared. She made me um, audition for, uh, Annie. Um, I remember I was like terrified, had this thing and everything. Anyway, 
It's it, it, I, I had to like step into that as an adult to be like, I'm not afraid it's going to be okay. And, and for me, but I, but it's interesting because I never had anyone really say that because I do think that is actually one of my strong suits. I've done a lot of these podcasts and I'll talk with a lot of coaches and, and they talk about, you know, that they work with people to, to think about what other people are thinking. And I know with my clients, sometimes I'm just like, I don't understand why you don't care what other people think. Like, why don't you care what your ideal client thinks? You're so focused on yourself. I don't understand. And I never really thought about the fact that that was what gave me that empathy. Mm -hmm. That's what gave me that ability to just think about what other people think. And and even as I never thought about that as an actor, you're trained to think about, well, what, what is your character's objective in this scene? What is their yeah. goal? What do they need? What are the the tactics? What are the verbs that they're using to get there? Yeah. And yeah. that is so important when you're writing right. copy too, to, to know what, what is it that they need? What is it that they want? And how are you going to help them understand that you can get them there? Yeah. That's an, it's so, it's so interesting. Yeah. I know that I like now, I mean, cause well, cause when I was doing a lot of acting, we were, we, I we used to read a lot of sides and obviously TV and film was my kind of my forte. And, um, you kind of learn how a procedural procedural works, right? Like, you know, law and order and all these things. You're just like, this happens, this happened, this happened. So There's it's like, formula. always right. And so it's like, now when I see these things, I'm like, oh, no, this is going to happen. <laughs> I start getting really uncomfortable and everyone's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, no, no, I'm just four steps ahead. Don't worry about me. It's going to be this guy, you know, or this person, this is going to, and they're like, how do you know this? I'm like, I don't know. You just know from constantly seeing the sides where everything's wrapped up in an hour long procedural, you just know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So interesting. I know. Cause I mean, I know that I can instantly do that. And sometimes like, yeah, I get so uncomfortable. I'm like, Oh no, no. So now I have to like I think, leave. I think that's like, true in for like all areas of expertise. The yeah. whole point of being an expert in something is that you've spent so much time inside of it that yeah. you can foresee those things before other people yeah. can. You can get really deep, really fast in a way that yeah. other people can't. Yeah. So that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, it is funny because I never really thought about it that way. Well, that, so let's talk about let's talk about thought leadership, though, right? Because that, yeah. that's like really another one of your fortes, along with copywriting. So let's talk about thought leadership and why it's important for business leaders to be, you know, thought leaders. We all, as business leaders, need to have people respect our ideas. There's this idea mm-hmm. of no like and trust. And I think that the like portion, we can argue about whether people need to like you or not. There are lots of business owners who are personal brands who are unlikable, but people buy their stuff. And I think that it's more about being respected, having your ideas respected than necessarily being liked. And having and trusted, your, right? Yes. You have to trust that they know mm-hmm. what they're talking about. Yeah. Right. And I think that those two things really go hand in hand. I think that it's, it's hard to trust someone you don't respect and it's hard mm-hmm. to respect someone you don't trust. Right. Trust. Yeah. And as business leaders, when we put our ideas out into the world for other people to hear other people to read, that gives our audiences or our prospective audiences, the opportunity to learn 
how to know us, how to Mm -hmm. respect us, how to trust us. If we're not putting our ideas out in the world really openly so that people have accessibility to that, there's no way for them to get to the point where they know, like, and trust us so that they'll buy our services or our programs Mm -hmm. or our products or whatever it is that we're trying to market. Or you'll be asked to be a speaker or Mm -hmm. any of that sort of stuff. So I personally... Some you know with 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 clients, I I come up to this kind of like uh, wall sometimes, where they're resistant to sharing information because what what if someone doesn't like this? What if they see mm-hmm. me like this? What if what if what if? Yeah. And obviously, you deal with some of some their past experiences that are kind of rearing their ugly head. But how do you how have you dealt with people like that? Going like okay, no. You're not, you need to do this to get to where you want to be. How do you overcome that? I think the first thing is acknowledging that that is a very human experience. We are social creatures and we are wired to want to be accepted Mm -hmm. by the other creatures who are like us. And so we learn as we grow up, oh, if I'm a boy and I say I like Barbies, that's going to get me in trouble. Or if I'm too old for Cocoa Melon, but I say I still like Cocoa Melon, that's going to get me in trouble. And so we learn really young that there are these, these barriers where if we are our authentic selves, people are not going to like us. And mm-hmm. then I think that when we grow up and we become entrepreneurs, that can be a really scary thing because when people have negative reactions to us, that impacts our revenue. Mm. But I think that the really important thing to remember when we come up against that wall, we're like, this is really scary. And I'm afraid that people won't like what I'm going to say is that not everybody has to like what you're going to say. Not everybody has to agree with what you're going to say. First of all, just because they don't agree with it doesn't mean they're not going to buy your program. It's that thing that that I talked about earlier, where there there are definitely people who are not well liked, yeah, (laughs) but who still in a nice way, (laughs) right? They they may they their revenue is doing okay, right. But even beyond that, when we come up against those moments, I think it's important to remember that not everybody has to like us, that our Mm -hmm. people are our people and our people are going to be attracted to what we're saying, whether it's, oh, I agree with that, or it's, oh, I've never thought about it that way, or anything that, that makes them go, oh, this person is worth listening to. Mm-hmm. that's what we're going for when we put our ideas out online. And yeah. there are always going to be people who quietly or otherwise are going to disagree with you or who are going to think you're foolish for thinking the things that you think. And ultimately we have to remember that we're putting those ideas out to help narrow down the vastness of the human population. We're helping narrow down so that the people who are really our people, who are the best clients for us, the best customers for us, can find us through that, through those ideas that we're publishing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like that. I do say that too, that yeah, you, you're like magnetize the right people yeah. and kind of repel the wrong ones. Um, yeah. It is yeah. just as important to repel the wrong people as it mm-hmm. is to bring in the right people. It's like mm-hmm. when you, when people unsubscribe from an email list, it can feel yeah. like, oh, they don't like me. They don't like yeah. my content. I'm not worth the space in their inbox. But ultimately, right. it's thank you for cleaning yourself out. You don't need to be here. I don't mm-hmm. need to have you here. You're going to go be better somewhere else. And you're making room for the for my people. Yeah, I like that. So what are some steps that that someone can take to hone their thought leadership voice? So I think it's really important to expose yourself to a lot of people's thoughts, especially at first when you're really trying to dive into developing your own thought leadership voice. So that means following people on social media. That means reading books. That means listening to podcasts like this to hear all of those different ideas that are going on around you. And then really thinking as you're as you're listening as you're consuming all that information what is aligning with my values what is resonating with me so as you're reading articles and you're joining email lists and reading those emails and watching youtube videos to really notice when a particular voice that you're exposing yourself to or a particular message that someone is putting out there notice when those ideas make you lean in, notice when they make you light up, notice when they make you want to respond and noticing when you feel turned off by Mm -hmm. someone's message. And if you feel turned off, then think about why. And you can keep a, a running list of those people that you feel really connected to their ideas of those people whose ideas turn you off. Because with that list, then, you can really audit the ideas that you're consuming. Right. And you can seek out the voices that are going to resonate the most with you. Because those messages are going to inspire your own messaging. And then the ones that most turn you off, the ones that are like, ooh, I don't agree, or I don't like the energy, even if I agree with the content, those examples, those can motivate us to clarify our messaging. They can motivate us to clarify our reasoning or our mission. And they can also motivate us to respond and say, "Ah, I didn't like that. Here's Mm -hmm. why I think that's the wrong approach. And as you repeat and you repeat and repeat that process, your own ideas are going to get more and more refined. Yeah, I really, I like that because I think that sometimes there's a reluctance to go and say, okay, let's do some research. And our team, whenever we bring somebody on, we go, we, what are, what is your competitors? A lot of people don't think they have competitors. You always, you don't have competition. That should be a red flag. Like, are you, are you in the right thing? Are you doing the right thing? Um, 
But yeah, just really being able to see what other people are doing. Cause I, it's interesting because I even tell my team sometimes, I'm like, I really like this person. Look, let's look at what they're saying. They're always at the forefront of X, Y, and Z. It's a good, you know, yeah, because you, we can't be experts in everything. And so sometimes you just are just like, this is my go-to person for this information. This mm-hmm. is my go-to person for that. And yeah, I really, I know what you mean. Like that some people that you're just like, ah, you get like yeah. so turned off by like things that they say. But maybe their message is good. I'm literally, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking, I mentioned him, mentioned him a few times, but um, Gary Vaynerchuk, he, he F-bombs like all the time, but he actually gives really good information. But you're just like, okay, so the information might be good, but maybe the, it's the, a little aggressive, way, a little abrasive. Yeah, maybe the way it's delivered could be elevated a little bit. But you have to know what's out there to be like, oh, I really like the way this tactic is. Maybe I could take elements of that. That's not really stealing. Because if you really think of everything, we're always absorbing everything. And while there may be elements of something in something that somebody writes, I mean, authors, right? They use so many, you know, bo- you know books, the Bible, things like that to, to mm-hmm. think of these ideas that may be put in today's present day, but it came from somewhere. They didn't just go like, right. I have this idea and I've never read a book and I've never looked at it. You know, you have to go out there and see, otherwise you have no mm-hmm. idea what yeah we what you know you we are collections of ideas we are collections of all of the stimuli that we have ever experienced in our entire lives Mm -hmm. and it's totally okay to feel inspired by someone else's content should you rip it word for word or even like idea for idea no yeah but when people are putting their ideas into the world First of all, they want to be interacted with. They want you, if you read their blog, to write a response blog and direct people back to their blog. That's good for them, too. But you you have to remember that it really it goes back to us being social creatures. It goes back to us being dependent on each other and using each other to create new ideas. If we all live in our own little vacuums, like you said, we can't create anything and we can't mm-hmm. we can't lead in and a you vacuum. You can't be better because no. if you don't know, right? You're just like, yeah, oh yeah, I, oh, I came up with this idea. Okay, someone came up with that like 30 years ago. Like we don't know, <laughs> you need to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, so... So that kind of goes into the next thing. Like, how can we practice our thought, our thought leadership? What are things yeah. that we can do? So copywriters have what they call swipe files, which is for me, I love writing emails. I write a lot of emails for my clients and I have a whole file of emails that I have received from other people that I like the structure or I like the tone or I like the way that they chose to tell a story or how they led into the call to action or anything. And I keep those in a file. And so that's really what you're doing when you are focusing, when you're really deliberate about surrounding yourself with these voices and keeping track of which of them attract you, which of them repel you, and how you want to respond to those. So as you practice that, as you as you uh, absorb that, rather, 
in order to practice then sharing your own ideas, there are so many options. There's there are so many ways in our magically modern world that you can get your ideas out into the world. Writing social media posts, that's a great way to practice sharing your messaging, writing blogs, giving podcast interviews like this. When I started giving interviews, it I, I noticed over time, my own messaging about my own business got clearer, it got sharper, it got more concise, and it, it resonated better with all of the practice that I had. Um, writing emails to your your subscription list. And if you don't have a subscription list, you should start one because they're really, really valuable. Those are all different ways. Social media, your blogs, your emails, your podcasts that people can get access to you, can get access to your thoughts, and you can practice putting those thoughts out into the world and seeing what are people resonating with? What ideas get the most responses when I send them out in an email? Or what, if I'm talking about one idea and I A-B test it, I share it one way here and one way here, which gets more responses on my social media mm-hmm. and really paying attention to how people are reacting, how people are responding and how you feel about it too. So how does, how does your body feel when you're creating some sort of messaging, when you're writing mm-hmm. a social media post, is it really engaged? Are you leaning forward into it or does your, chest tighten up or do you feel shaky or lightheaded like these are all physiological ways that we can say this idea is really working for us and for our values or this idea needs needs some help and needs some reshaping mm-hmm. yeah if you're getting anxiety over making social media <laughs> posts whoa <laughs> doing something wrong <laughs> yeah if, yeah if, and and it's different like like we talked about earlier it can be scary and it can be nerve wracking to put vulnerable ideas out there or ideas that you think might be controversial. And so you might feel nervous. Your hands might get sweaty as you're writing Mm -hmm. that social media post, but really being in tune with yourself and being able to say, yeah, no, I'm nervous because I think that I might get some mean comments back or Mm -hmm. I'm nervous because I think that I might lose followers is very different than this doesn't feel good because it's not aligning with who I want to show up as in the world. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, and I think that kind of goes into your personal brand because obviously that's what, that's what this is about. So how does thought leadership align with your personal brand? I mean, I think I have a good idea, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I think that, of all of the elements of your personal brand, thought leadership is an enormous part of that. It's maybe the primary part of that because that is the way that you're getting your ideas out and your ideas are really representative of who you are. They're representative of the impact you want to make in the world and they're what's going to attract or repel people from you. And so as a personal brand, it, and it's it's totally cool to put things out into the world that aren't directly related 
to what you're selling. If you are on my social media or in my email list, I just sent an email out for National Pet Day that was all about my cat. And I sent it to my email list. And you know what? I got responses to it. People like to see you as a person. Right just as much as they like to hear these these big heady ideas that you have as a thought leader it's all right. you you are a complicated and beautiful being and representing all sides of that is a beautiful way to enhance your personal brand well and one of the things i i would love to get your thoughts on this because i find that there's a lot of people are unrealistic when it comes to being a, becoming a thought leader. They're like, okay, I want to do this. I'm going to work with you for three months. And then like, I'm going to be a Ted speaker, not a TEDx, mm-hmm. Ted. Yeah, I'm going to be Brene Brown. Yeah, I'm, oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to be making, I mean, people are going to like come out of the woodwork and pay me for speaking engagements. I'm going to be on, on, you know, CNN and all of these top. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know that that's not a reality, but I'd love to, I really, I mean, well, let me, let me just pass it over to you without, without kind of putting my uh, thought on it. So I agree with you that that is not usually how the world works. I think that (laughs) even the stories that we hear about quote unquote overnight successes or Cinderella stories, it's a great way to sell what used to be papers. I don't know what people say yeah. now. Right. <laughs> Sell media. Media, but yeah. But those, the stars of those stories have usually been putting in the work for a lot longer than we give them credit for. There mm-hmm. really is no such thing as an overnight success. And yeah. so when it comes to thought leadership, it's those incremental actions. It's the consistent posting on social media. It's the keeping up with your email list. It's putting ideas out into the world, absorbing reactions to them. And and crickets can be a reaction too. Like if you get no mm-hmm. feedback, that's a way to evaluate. Right. And making itty bitty little changes along the way so that you develop your develop your thought leadership in line with what you need as a human, mm-hmm. who you want to be as a human, and what your community needs from you. And you learn it little by little by little. Yeah. And then it, ten years down the road someone might write a story about how you're a you're a Cinderella story. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so true. So I, I, I want to, I, because there's lots of things that I have, to, we, we deal with when we deal with our clients and that's one of them. They're like, well, we're working with you. And it's kind of like, well, you're not doing your job. You're like, no, it doesn't just like, I'm here. Happens. Yeah. So, but another thing that you've touched on a little, and I, I want, I would like you to expand on this because I'm sure you have much to say. There's this, there's this thought, like I am a thought leader and I'm going to tell you how I feel mm-hmm. and I'm here. And I feel like there's a, there's a little bit of, um, yeah, you're, you're kind of in a, you're in a vacuum. If you're just like, mm-hmm. you're not listening to what other people are asking 
So there's this, mm-hmm. there's this thought of like, I'm just going to tell you what I think. And I'm just going to, I don't care what is out there. I don't care what people are. We look at Google and things like that. Like, what are people actually asking for? And can you be the expert to answer those questions? Cause that's going to be the faster way to go this way. Right. That's kind of like what we do, but do you find like, yeah, like what, what are you finding with, with thought leadership? Do you have to see what, can you just get out there and be like, I want to be a thought leader on this. I don't care that anyone cares about this. I'm just, this is what I want to do. Are you going to become a thought leader? Are you going if to? no one is ready to follow you, if no one is interested to follow you, you cannot be a leader. <laughs> Leaders have followers. <laughs> and they have to be giving so, information that people want to know about. Right. right. Yes. So if people aren't interested, if people aren't asking those questions, it's like when, when I... I'm a big proponent of blogging. I think it's a fantastic way to build your thought leadership. And I think it's also a fantastic way to build your SEO. Yes. But the only way to build the SEO is to answer questions that people are typing into their Google machines right. so that your ideas, your blog comes up at the top. Of the and it sounds so it. boring sometimes, right? Because SEO can, uh, yeah. and blogging, that's so old school. It's Monday. I want to be cool. I want to just yeah. do reels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anyone who really just wants to do reels though. That's in like the entrepreneur. They're hanging out on space. TikTok, but yeah, I definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there are people <laughs> that want, I literally, we literally had a client. It was one of the ones that we literally had to fire because he was, he really only wanted to do reels and all of his B2B, like old stodgy B2B clients were not on reels. Yeah. I was like, I and it's guarantee okay, like, you. If your ideal <laughs> clients are hanging out on TikTok, reels are great. Or yeah. TikToks. I guess they're technically TikToks, TikToks if yeah. they're on TikTok. Right. But if they're but not, don't do that. It, you need no. to be doing stuff for LinkedIn. <laughs> your B2B right. clients are on LinkedIn. <laughs> if they're hanging out on LinkedIn, write articles, write posts on LinkedIn. If they're hanging out just out in the internet Googling things, make sure you have a blog so that you're super Googleable. If they're on Facebook, yeah. write posts, start a group on Facebook. You have to have this understanding of where your people are. And at the beginning, you won't. You can't just know right. things out of thin air. But that's one more reason to 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 bring yourself out into this world and say, okay, I'm going to listen to these podcasts. I'm going to follow these people on social media. I'm going to subscribe to this email list because by existing in those spaces, you start to learn who the people are who exist in those spaces. And Mm -hmm. through that, you're going to learn where your people are and where you should be putting your focus. I love LinkedIn. That is my favorite place to hang out and my favorite mm-hmm. place to put my thoughts out into the world because I know that my people are there and they're engaged there. I get responses yeah. there. I can have conversations with people that are inspired by a social media post. Right. If I go on TikTok, first of all, TikTok's just not my personal thing if you couldn't already tell. But my people, for the most part, aren't there unless they feel like they have to be there for their business either. Right. 
It's a learning process. It's all a learning process. It is. And I think that that's like one of the biggest things. And it's kind of one of the things that we have to deal with sometimes as, as business owners dealing with clients with unrealistic expectations of what actually is possible when you start from, from zero. Like you don't, you haven't established yourself. It does take time. It even takes time when you hire somebody to figure things out and you might pivot. Mm -hmm. You might, Hey, this is a better way to go, but you never know until you get in there and you do something and you find out, well, this is working and that's not working the, the way I had anticipated. And that's fine. Yeah. But that you don't know until you do it. And, and you so, mentioned being the person that people hire to help right. with these things. If you are looking for a service to get yourself visible, get yourself known, get yourself recognized, build authority, and someone is selling you a Cinderella story... Don't do it. Yeah, don't don't do buy it. it. It's not it's not real life. And even if their services are what you need, you have to go in with the knowledge that they're selling a Cinderella story because they think that that's what people want. And you have to be responsible for your own feelings and mm-hmm. your own actions and really be ready to take those tiny baby steps before you start to run. Right. Well, the, the old you know saying, it, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is yeah. the other way of putting yeah. the Cinderella story, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, I'm sorry. Dick's work. <laughs> yeah. Everything takes work. Um, it does. Um, so, you know, let's let, I always like to kind of at near the end, just kind of really give people three tips Um, you know, based on kind of your area of expertise. So can you give people three tips to really build their thought leadership and ultimately their authority? So I think the first thing is always to start with your values, really asking yourself, how do I want to show up in the world? What is the kind of person that I want to be for the rest of humanity? And building on that, all of your thought leadership should always come back to aligning. And I think that a a question that we should all be asking ourselves anytime we make a new decision is, does this align? Does this align with my values? So that's Mm -hmm. always my first, my first step. And then that second step is really where you are immersing yourself. You are devouring the thoughts of other people. You are paying attention to how you react. And then third of all, you're going out and you're practicing. You're maybe starting with a one sentence hot take mm-hmm. <laughs> on on Facebook or something like that, where it feels low stakes, but you are putting an opinion out into the world and you are practicing receiving whatever those reactions are, whether they are positive, whether they are neutral, whether they are negative, so that you can then make those little tweaks, see what feels good, see what feels like it's not aligned with your values, always going back to your values and moving forward step by step. So start with your values, surround yourself with voices, and then practice speaking out in your own voice. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It it sounds it sounds easy, but it it's also it's also hard because you have to you have to yeah. Again, we've you've mentioned this. It's a forever project. You have to work. You have to work Mm -hmm. at it. Yeah. Um. 
So I have, I have a feeling that people have listened to this. They know, they know. They're like, Claire, you know what? I know <laughs> you're, you're always telling me you got to work. I'm like, gotta work, got to work at it. It's always a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. I mean, Everyone my first blog I started, it was, um, it was called the life and bullshit of an actress. Um, started <laughs> like, yeah, it was like 10 years ago at this point. Um, yeah. And I mean, I just had, that was the first time I literally put myself out there really, mm-hmm. you know, got my first like Twitter and all these things. And, um, yeah, you know, but you learn a lot Yeah, and there's, there's nothing, you know, and, and the thing, the thing I always tell people, uh, that's so great is that when you're starting out, you probably don't have a big, you know, fan base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it all out of your reading yeah. or listening. Test everything right now. <laughs> Make all those mistakes. Right. Make big, bold action so yeah. that you can learn. You learn from yeah. other people's reactions when they're there, even at the beginning when they're small. And you yeah. learn from your own reactions and you just keep trying again. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. And I've loved kind of like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> this is really fun. Um, so tell people, how can they, how can they connect with you? How can they, where can they find you? So going back to this idea of values, once you figure out what your values are, I, first of all, have a guide for you. If you're interested, it's five easy ways to showcase your business values that aren't your about page, that aren't your mission statement, so that you can start putting those ideas out into the world in really simple and subtle ways. Because your thought leadership isn't just about making big statements on your your sales calls saying this is what I stand for things like that it's about laying the foundations in everything that you do so five easy ways to showcase your business values and you can find that at rightcatcreative.com/align a l i g n And so that's where you can find that guide. You can also find me, as I mentioned, on LinkedIn. And it's my first name and last name, Kathleen Melvin, C-A-T-H-L-Y-N-M-E-L-V-I-N. Awesome. And we'll also have all that in the show notes and description box. Kathleen, this was great. Great conversation. And I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. This was lovely. Yeah. Good. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.